crowd of the year here at the Drake. So a really good job ruining the party yeah. by the University of Calgary Dinos. Another episode of Dinos Unfiltered coming at you. Jeremy Lee, Max Sterley in studio. And this week we've got Dinos hockey going on. Yeah, Crotel Classic coming up two days from now from recording. So, and one day for our listeners. Before we get things going, it is our turn to do the Bean Boozle Challenge. Yeah, we, we promised Paige and Kate and our guests coming up that we would follow suit in their struggles. They went, I guess we'll let it be a surprise for for our listeners what happened to them with Bean Boozled. But we will start it off. Do you want to go first? Sure. So I picked out Tutti Fruity or Stinky Socks. And in our previous episode, you already got Tutti Fruity. So that's it, one good one down. And it was tasty. Oh. Tutti Fruity. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. For my money, it's not important at all. But best. It's kind of like bubble gum, right? Yeah. A little bit best yeah. B- with a bit of strawberry yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. Best yeah, yeah. like Jelly Belly flavor you can get. Um, so we'll quickly go on to mine: birthday cake or dirty dishwasher. Oh, I. Oh, that is dirty dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes like a stink bomb. That's awful, isn't it? Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's really bad. Uh, not what was the the one I had last one? That one was worse. I oh, think. the um, you had a rotten egg, didn't you? Yeah, rotten egg was worse. Yeah, but that is not. It is also worse, I think, in real life. If you compared yes. ro- uh, actual rotten egg to actual dishwater, yes, or dirty dishwater. Yeah. Um. So I just want to address this right away, and this is probably the biggest news, maybe in the decade. I don't know if anything can top this, but Kobe Bryant passing away this past weekend. Yeah. And first off, it was gut-wrenching. It was it was out of left field and it was just completely it was totally unfathomable. It was totally surreal. Yeah. Like waking up to that and you know getting we have a, I have a couple of big group chats where we just talk about sports and stuff and you know, someone hit us like five minutes after it happened just saying like Kobe Bryant died and everyone's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And then you look into it and then you start seeing all these stories coming out about him and you see interview clips and, you know, I, I didn't know much about Kobe Bryant as a businessman. I certainly followed him, you know, throughout his basketball career and everything, but there is so many accounts of him being, you know, even, even more like he was better a businessman than he was a basketball player, which is saying quite a bit. And, you know, continuing his unstoppable determination and will to be the best at whatever it is. And I think that's what, you know, after reading everything, after what happened is what stuck with me is just like, what an amazing dude this was, like on and off the court. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, li- like you said earlier, it's it's just such a crazy thing and how it's well documented that he, you know, would take a helicopter, you know, to and from practice and, you know, now into his retirement doing his business ventures, whatever. And, like, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's so gut-wrenching yeah, and brutal. Yeah, super unfortunate. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we'll be thinking about them. We'll be praying for them. And, of, cor- and of course, we'd be remiss not to mention... His daughter Gigi and the seven yeah. others that passed away. Exactly. Like it's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's just just so sad. It's so yeah, sad. Absolutely tragic. Um, but let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit here to 
what went on this past weekend with the dinos. Um, it was an up and down weekend, I thought. There were some bright spots. Let's start there. The Golden Bear Open with track and field. Uh, both the men's and women's team won on top. That was pretty sweet. For the women, 144 points. And the next closest were the Pandas at 98. And for the men, 133.5 versus 95.5 put up by Saskatchewan. So, um, yeah, they were just dominant all around. And podium sweeps in the shot put for the women. Podium sweep in the 3,000 meter by... Who else? Members of our 2019 U Sports National Champions cross country team. So it translates on into the indoor track as well. So congratulations to those those guys. That's right. Just continued dominance for this oh. team. They're unstoppable. That's and continuing with the U of A trend, we may as well touch on the men's and women's hockey. Um, so we'll start with the men. They were coming off a tough weekend against Saskatchewan. They were all over social media as well because they were the opposition that got scored on with mm. the goalie goal. Ter- right. Taron Cozen scored. Hey, you made the NHL, by the way. That's pretty <laughs> sweet. Or the uh, Instagram page, right? Yeah, that was, yeah. That was pretty fun. Um, no, 15 minutes is, is over for sure. Um, but no, it, you see, so they were, they were coming off a tough weekend. They were having trouble scoring and all that stuff, but they come in and they beat the second ranked in the country and first in Canada West, U of A, they swept them. Swept them, and they played two really solid games. They they scored, um, I think, eight goals. Eight, eight go- they, they scored eight goals in the two games and, you know, really were able to, to dominate and get the better of an amazing team. So. That's hard to do on the road, too, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. that, the, the Butter Barn, I think it's called. It's, like, an impossible to play in as a visitor. So, yeah, they got it done. So props to them. And then the women were able to rattle off a split, which was huge. They also won on the road in the Butter Barn. And so they are sitting in second in Canada West, tied with Saskatchewan. And like we talked about a little bit with Paige coming up, that they've clinched already. So it's they're kind of just jockeying for that first or second spot to get a bye. But yeah, it, being able to salvage a split off after a tough game uh, at FDB, it's good for them to stay uh, stay in the race and you know keep pace with Alberta and Saskatchewan. And on the uh, volleyball front, the women and the men were involved in the volleyball edition of the Crow Child Classic. Did not go so well. Uh, the women went 0 for 2 against Mount Royal, but hey, this is one of the best Mount Royal teams they've played in a while. Um, you know, nationally, like one of the top three nationally ranked team. Um, and, you know, they had to get a, some good performances in. Didn't play so well in the first game. A little bit better in the second Um Trinity Selecki, their prized top recruit. You know, you're going to have ups and downs as a rookie, but picked up uh, 19 kills, I believe it was, her career high. So uh, if she can string together a few more of those dominant performances like that, you better watch out. So, But I think that's what's missing right now is that consistency piece. Um, and then for the men, one and one. They dropped the first, the opening match and then rebounded nicely and this is what i love about the men's team is that they're so resilient and if they drop one they're going to come right after you with the second one they don't just fold it and go home you know so which is which is nice to see and you that's an important quality to have especially come playoff time sure so important matchups for them against the golden bears and pandas coming up next that'll be huge for for canada west standings yeah and we'd be remiss not to touch on basketball 
uh, juggernauts. We we can start with the women, I suppose, first. It was like a heavyweight fight. Yeah, you know, it was a one and two in the country, or yeah. or was yeah. it in the in the country? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they were able to. They got. Let's be honest. They got dummied in the first game. Yeah. It was a tough game, but they were able to respond. They ended up winning seventy six seventy one in the back to back. So. Yeah, they I had mean, a lead, and they were just able to answer back whenever yeah. Sask would make a push, which was nice. Yeah. And yeah, like Sask was the number one team in the country. So yeah. yeah. So be safe to say that these teams will see each other again. Oh, that'll be a yeah. fun Canada West final. And yeah, to, to, to rebound after a really tough loss to prove that they belong at the second spot is a huge, huge win for the for the women. So And the men, they just yeah. keep cruising right yeah. along. Yeah. Like, what more can you say? They're just yeah. the... 16-0, uh, number two in the country. Oh, yeah. yeah, thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was going to say quickly, because we may as well chat about it briefly before we throw it over to Paige and Caden and they're going to talk about it more in depth but of course 8th annual Crotel Classic coming up on Thursday uh, at the Scotiabank Saddledome which should be a blast I, what, what? I can't wait it's always, it's always so much fun just to be there and the atmosphere that both and we'll give credit where it's due both the students here at the UC and at MRU uh, they really bring their best um, and it, it, just, it just makes for such a crazy environment in there. All students just having a really good time. So You'll be on the call again, right? I'll be on the women's call, yeah. Okay. Which, which should be awesome. And for those who don't know, the women are playing in the primetime spot this time. So the, the men will go at 4 o'clock. Then they'll do a quick clean of the ice. And then the women will get going at 6.45. And folks, and that also means that Max is also in the primetime slot. So that's don't not forget. A, that's not important. Okay. <laughs> But uh, tickets are still on sale, and I believe you can show up at the door, too, and just get tickets as well. So $5 a, a ticket, I yeah, believe, right? Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, don't want to miss that. It's it's a marquee event here. It's always a good time, and if you're a student here, you you got to go. Yeah, show the dinosaur some love. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's toss it over to Paige and Caden. Wonderful effort, Jeremy. Max effort. All right, another episode of Dinos Unfiltered. We got, let's just call it Hockey Week. We got yep. Crotal Class coming up. We know we'll be talking about that quite a bit. Uh, so with us from men's hockey, Caden Elder, women's hockey, Paige Michelenko. You got it. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. This new tradition we're trying to start here, we're trying to get our guest to join us with a round of Bean Boozled. At 10 in the morning. Oh, <laughs> this will this will wake you guys up. So... So who's uh, going first? As Maybe. always, we always got th- we always had the athletes to pick out the the jelly bean beforehand just to save time, and so yeah, Paige, why don't you start us off? You have uh, juicy pear or booger? Why are you yeah, spinning? I do. So I noticed that you guys didn't spin and pick one yourselves. We'll be doing it after. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll do so it in the preamble. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, okay, we'll okay. Start it off. Here yeah. goes nothing. <laughs> hmm. That must be booger, but because it doesn't, it, there's like a little bit of spice in it. <laughs> so I don't Spicy know. Booger. I don't know what is going on with that, but I want to say it's not pear. Okay, that's is not it bad. salty? I don't know. What like, did, did Parker get? Did he, he get booger? He, he, he said it would taste like it's salty salt. cardboard. Okay, well but then maybe it's pear. Yeah, maybe. I haven't uh, eaten mm. pear like this ever in my <laughs> life, but. 
Could be. God, that's I don't know. That's a weird one. It tastes kind of like burnt. <laughs> okay. I think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Caden, you're up. What, do you, what, what did Caden Uh Caden had birthday cake or dirty dishwater. <laughs> so oh. hit right. it. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, hit it. That's that's not birthday. Two for two. At all. Describe what, what you're eating. Does you take taste the dishwater? Taste the dishwater. Like soap. <laughs> yeah. Ew. It's not good. This but is I'll so finish it anyways. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is so mean to our guests. Um, well, anyway, welcome to the show, guys. So thanks. Thanks for thanks for taking the time with us, and we got about thirty minutes. Um, Paige, I wanted to start with you. Uh, your last name is very tricky to pronounce, apparently. Apparently. I know. I've struggled <laughs> with it. My colleagues have struggled with it on air. I actually listened to an interview this morning um, with Joe McFarland. Uh, oh, yeah. And he pronounced your name Mitchell Chenko. That's I close. I don't, know how, I don't know how he pulled <laughs> that off. An extra ch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, what's the worst that you've heard? Michelangelo. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I think I was 10 years old playing in a uh, softball tournament in St. Albert. And they called me up to go to bat, and uh, I got Michelangelo, actually. You don't think that was your parents just, like, you know, I trying to embarrass so. you? <laughs> I don't think so. It was, it was uh, yeah, it was a good one. I'm an artist now, yeah. so. That is, mm-hmm. that's so brutal. And both of you guys are from Saskatoon, that's correct? Yes. Yep. And you know each other or knew each other before coming to the university a little bit, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Saskatoon's, like, a decent-sized place, but I have... Oh, we'd always see Caden kind of ripping around the old Gemini. That's how it was, yeah. (laughs) Just a year apart, so. See each other at the rink all the time, so. Yeah. And you went to elementary school across from one another, is that right? Yeah, we lived in the same community. I went to the Catholic school, and he went to public school. Very good, very Mm. good. Um, So, yeah, why don't we touch on a little bit the big event that's coming up in a couple days from now, Curl Child Classic. For you, Paige, just as a touchy subject to bring <laughs> up because uh, clearly you don't like to play in this game. No, it uh, seems that way, hey. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about the <coughs> last two years and, you know, obviously yeah. this weekend? Of yeah, course. well, last year I, in our games against UBC in January, I got, took a kind of a nice high elbow to the side of the face and got a concussion and then a few weeks later we were, or maybe the next week we were in Crow Child, so I got to watch a Crow Child through my nice sunglasses with, uh, <laughs> earplugs in and then so then this year i was like nice made it through the ubc weekend cool made it through the sask weekend here comes crow child but first u of a so (laughs) then i took a nice little hit into the boards kind of in the danger zone and separated my shoulder so that makes i got to play in at least three out of five but being in the last year that sucks i was pretty excited but i mean still it's fun to watch and hopefully we can pull a win off and what is your plan this Crowchild Classic around? Are you going to be on the bench or you don't uh, know yet? I'll be in behind the bench, kind of yeah. just yeah. trying to support the girls from a distance. <laughs> yeah. You should uh, still uh, pull off the sunglass look, though. I think the sunglass yeah. look. Yeah. yeah. Just be an just intimidation be a, move. Like maybe. Hollywood kind of girl, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Just yeah. Show, Absolutely. Showtime. Be fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, the, pre- well. in the press box. Yeah. 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 Might yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm. And for you, Caden, <laughs> this is going to be your first one. Obviously, your oh, first yeah. year as a Dino, but you're not unfamiliar with the saddle dome and playing in front of a big crowd so what are you kind of expecting going into and what have your teammates told you about it um my teammates told me that it's like it's pretty crazy like it, the atmosphere in there is pretty electric like how how loud everyone is and like the support that comes out for it and, and they said it makes the game like that much more fun like it's 
it's a rivalry, obviously, between us and MRU. Like, it, it can depict the better team for this. So uh, they told me it's it's going to be fun and pretty much just kind of play how you play. But uh, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not overly. This will be another day at the yeah. office for you, basically. This will be another day in the office. Um, playing there last year for the Hitman was uh, was pretty good. So being able to be around that crowd and like having the uh, anti-bullying nights and the the barn was full. So it was uh, it was definitely exciting to kind of have those types of games, and it's probably going to be pretty similar, I'd say, in this type of scenario. Well, Caden, the biggest difference that I can think of is that potentially the um, the opponents MRU will be maybe just as hype though because they're going to have their fans out as well you're not going to have that normally from the opposition right yeah yeah definitely I mean it's going to be pretty equal playing field going to the saddle dome so it's uh it's going to be fun that way I think it's kind of how you make your own hype too like the players got to build up their own like it's going to be loud in there it's going to be exciting but you kind of have to do your own thing too and keep yourself prepared in that situation since it's it's pretty much even playing grounds. So. How do you manage intensity levels, though, throughout a game? I, this is for both of you guys because obviously you guys will be at a high coming in, mm-hmm. but you obviously can't be at that level for the entire game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like to try and keep myself as even keel as possible. Yeah. Like, I, when you come into, like, a game with a crowd like that, like, you want to be amped up and kind of hyped up, but it's, uh, if you keep yourself so high, you'll... If something goes wrong, you'll drop right to a low, and you'll mm-hmm. you won't really have a chance to get back up to that even keel. So yeah, we kind of think of it as like we say, play inside the glass, try to not let the crowd get to you as hard as it will be, especially with the later time slot. I think, but mm, yeah, for the new girls, it's always nerve wracking. But we always go in and we say it's just it's another game. Like you know what to do, just play your game and keep it simple, kind of thing. And you touched on it uh, first time in Crowchild Classic history that the roles are reversed, that the women this time are going to get the primetime slot. So uh, in short, what are both of your opinions on that matter? Because I know some people have been super in favor of it. Maybe some people haven't. So I'm kind of curious both of your takes on it. This is my first one, so <laughs> yeah, I'm not so overly <laughs> sure how, how uh, like the crowds are. But, I mean, I think having either slot would be like yeah. fun. Like you're still going to play in the Saddle Dome, like – I think the people who are going to be there will probably stick around for both games, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd come, or either they'd come early or they would just come to the late one. Yep. But it'll be fun, I think, either way. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a step in the right, like, in, like a, in the right direction for female hockey, just giving us an opportunity to have that primetime slot. Um, but as for fans, yeah, it's like the same thing. We noticed that we would get more fans at the end of the third, kind of, because then people get off work, kind of thing, and then like right. it makes for a very hype third period. Yeah. But I'm interested to see like if more people will show up for the men's game, because it's you know it's the men it's the men's game. It's fun to watch and stuff, and people want to watch. Um, but just like for the people coming from work or kids coming from class and stuff, like hopefully it's a good turnout, and I'm, I'm very interested to see like if more people will come to the four o'clock. So. I mean, I hope so, because that's awesome, right? And then, you know, you stay downtown, and, yeah. the, like, the late game goes till you know, time to go to the bar. Dra- <laughs> draft know? night at Cowboys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, like, I don't know. I'm excited to see, and I'm excited that we get the opportunity to play at this time. It's, it's exciting. Yeah, and I, I want to ask a little bit about the 
rivalry specifically with Mount Royal? I know you've only played two games against them in your career. You've played, obviously, against them a lot. Is that rivalry, and I'll let you both answer this and, you know, obviously different impressions, but is that rivalry as built up as we think it is as fans, or does it kind of translate into the game or not really? Uh, from the two games that I've played, I I could notice right off the bat <laughs> That it's it's one of those games that I think everyone just got a chip on their shoulder, yeah. like you're, like it's a game it's games like you want to win and you and you want to win every game like you don't play many like that's what I kind of learned here, that it's a little different from where I came from but playing Mount Royal was uh, just you could feel it in the like the rank like the intensity from the guys like from both teams like it was it was just kind of that thing that like you wanted that upper hand on them, and they wanted that upper hand on us kind of thing so. I mean, it, it was definitely exciting to play those types of games, like those high-end intensity games, especially against a pretty high rivalry as well. So it was uh, it was fun, and I think the hype coming into this Crowchild Classic, I, I feel like it's the intensity is going to kick itself up a little bit. Yeah, pretty much same with us. I know us against U of A is a pretty fiery rivalry, um, but MRU, it's kind of the same, like, you want to be the best in the city, obviously. And in the past, we've both been like the lower ranking teams. So we were always trying to battle for that last playoff spot. So that's kind of developed a stronger rivalry. But it's always a fun game because we're, I mean, Canada West, it's we're all pretty even matched. So it can go either way. And we always expect that. So being able to win the Crowchild Classic and help the Dinos like get that, what is it? Uh, oh, the manhole cover. Yeah, the man manhole yeah. cover yeah. at the end of the... Yeah. The end of all the seasons is always something that we look forward to doing and try our best to do. And I may as well ask you, Paige, you've obviously played in three of them. What's your fondest memory from from the big game? Or even the pregame stuff being on City TV and doing oh, all yeah. these interviews that's, and stuff. That's always fun. I think that the first thing that pops into my mind is uh, in our first year, one of my my current roommate actually, Riley Smith, she scored a goal, her first goal. Oh yeah, as I remember a that. A sport player. That was a game winner. Right? Yeah, yeah, and she scored the game winner. And you guys just posted yesterday a picture of our captain Steph Savankovic like choke holding her like after <laughs> she scored that goal, and it just brought back like the best memories yeah. and like she's so happy for a girl like that to score that goal. I think, and so that that's probably like a highlight for me. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Um, why don't we get into your guys' past a little bit in terms of hockey backgrounds. So start with you, Caden. You started your WHL career 15 years old uh, with the Seattle Thunderbirds. So I kind of just want to get your – what was your first impression of the WHL going in so young? Uh, the first thing I thought was, like, holy crap, all these guys <laughs> are 6'5", and I'm, like, 5'9". <laughs> this is not going to turn out well. But – no, um, being away from home and especially being 22 hours away from home, it was a big change for me. Um, before that, I did live away. I went to Notre Dame and everything. But um, being away and kind of like having to do everything on my own, even though like I had a billet and everything, but I, I didn't have my parents there or my siblings or anything. So it was a, it was a little different for me to adjust. Um, I went to Seattle. I didn't play a whole bunch, but I got a, kind of the feel of what the league was like who not to go near and who <laughs> <laughs> you could. It was kind of a thing there. But, uh, yeah, no, it was it was, a, it was a great experience playing that young. Um, obviously, being that young, you don't get to play as much, but you definitely get to learn and 
learn from the players around you and um, kind of get that opportunity to get better every day. Even though you might not play a lot in the games, it's practice. You can still work and everything. And so it, my first my first year, I was I was pretty young and. But it was definitely exciting. So, and uh, you mentioned you know learning from some of the guys that you played with. You have some teammates here that you played with throughout your junior career, but also some pretty impressive names that you played with that are now in the NHL or wherever else they might be. Matt Barzell is a big one. Shea Theodore, Ethan Bear, Jake DeBrusque. So, do you have any little maybe tidbits? I'm just curious about Matt Barzell specifically. He just won fastest skater. Like, what what do you remember most about playing with him? Uh, he was smooth, like buttery. It, it looked like he wasn't trying, but he could still dance through everybody. Like that—that that was the one thing I noticed. Like you could see, you know, like his stride was effortless. Yeah. So that, I think that was like a big key to him and good edge work. I I remember his shot wasn't like crazy hard. It was just like extremely accurate. Like yeah. he could put it anywhere, and it didn't have to be hard because he couldn't get to it. Yeah. Were so. you were you surprised to see him win fast skater? Honestly, I was a little surprised. I was kind of like, okay, what? I didn't, I didn't think you would have won fastest skater. Like, I know you're like you're really fast, but clearly he's not McDavid yeah. fast. Either. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah but yeah. clearly yeah. he's got some jets that I didn't didn't yeah. see before. So, but you're also known for your speed as well. Did you ever challenge him back in the day? Honestly, I never, I never raced. I don't, actually, you know, I, maybe I did. I think I might have done it. We we used to do this drill where like you you go in the corners and it's just a full on sprint to the dot, like you, to get a puck like sure, yeah. center ice. And I remember going against like Ryan Grop, and who is like extremely fast. He like didn't have a chance. <laughs> and then I think I did go against him, but I want to say he was like somewhat injured, and I think I beat him only because he was injured. <laughs> I would have never beat him if he wasn't, but. No, yeah, I think, and I remember now that I'm, this is coming back to me, I remember him coming out to me and going, he said something weird, like, funny to me, like, oh, like, you wouldn't beat me if I wasn't sore, and I was like, well, I know, uh. like, like, but he was just, like, joking around about it, like, he knew, like, he gave me a tap, and he's like, good race, and so I felt pretty good, like, coming into the league knowing that, like, somewhat of a confidence booster to have him kind of do something like that, so... I'd be remiss not to ask about one of your biggest game as a hitman. Uh, you're part of a pretty exclusive club with the hitman, uh, having scored the teddy bear toss goal back in 2018. So that day, it it set the record. Uh, the the next year, Carson Fosh, I think his name is, uh, or yeah. Fosh, yeah. Um, he set the record the next day. I, I can't pronounce names, apparently. <laughs> no one knows that one. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, but 30,000 teddy bears were thrown on the ice after you scored a breakaway goal, f I think, five minutes into the first period. So what on earth is that like? Because I know, I'm surely everyone has a celly loaded in the chamber in case, and then, you know, it's chaos, I imagine. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely one, it's one of those goals that you'll never forget. Um at the same time, though, you kind of feel like you, like, black out when you score it. Like, it feels like kind of scoring your first WHL goal, like, you score it. But, like, when I scored mine, I totally blacked out. Because I was like, this is a crazy feeling. And then I, and I, when I come in as a 20-year-old, I get traded to Calgary, and then kind of I score a goal. And, you know, it feels like you've done it, like, a few times. But that goal is, like, totally different. Like, it's... It's like all these teddy bears flying everywhere. Like, 
you honestly really don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> like everyone talks about their celebrations, but like in the moment, you honestly like freeze. Like it's like you think about it. It's like oh, if I score, I'm gonna do this. Like we had one planned. Like <laughs> if there was like me or Castelic or Krisky uh, or Coleman, we were gonna do a canoe down the ice <laughs> between us four, but everyone like just totally froze up mm. and didn't know what to do. So I just kind of made one up off the spot. I didn't even know what I was gonna do. Honestly, it was like one of those kind of celebrations where like you're so amped you could feel like you just kind of do anything and it would be okay but um yeah it was it was awesome seeing all those teddy bears um kind of fly everywhere especially like from the fans like they come out and you know lots of them just come like for the teddy bears like just to throw them and kind of leave yeah. thing. like a lot of people <laughs> sounds about right. for the support. <laughs> but we had a lot of people stick around actually last year for it so it was uh, it was really fun. First off, with your celly, you covered a lot of ground. You went from like low slot area all the way to center, just doing like the yeah, Usain Bolt and stuff. That so. was <laughs> that was a long, a long <laughs> celebration. I, I kind of didn't know when to stop. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting. Like I know, like the guys were behind me, and a few guys jump off the bench and everything. And so I wasn't quite sure when I came. Maybe I stop at the red line. That'll be good, and maybe everyone will be around. But so I just kind of went till I ran out of kind of room till they came. So it was it was fun, yeah. You've actually been on both sides of the teddy bear toss, though, right? As a visitor and you know, oh, scoring yeah. as a hitman. So yeah. describe what that I guess the delay is like from both sides. Well, honestly, it's not very good for either side. <laughs> Even, Even after like, for scoring. the home team, like really? if you. Yeah. It's fun to, like, go out there and pick up the bears and stuff and kind of get all that cleaned up. But at the same time, you get pretty tired, hmm. like, from not really skating at all. Like, sometimes it takes up to, like, an hour, hour and a half. What? Yeah. Like, what? It, it, it's a long break. So when you have the team go sit in there. What, so when I went and I wasn't on the Hitman, yeah. I think our break was, a, like, an hour. Like, something like that. Like, they had... Like, everyone out there cleaning, like, it, it was a really long you could, time. like, order a meal or something, right? Honestly, you don't do anything. <laughs> you just kind of sit in there. Like, wow. you take off your skates, you kind of <laughs> relax, get yourself comfy, because you're, you're, like, you're not leaving for a while. And then when you're on the team that scores it, time does go by faster, because you're helping do the Bears, you're taking pictures, like, you're having fun with the guys. Yeah. That but takes like, you a, a little bit away from the game, though, right? Yeah, from like a it's player perspective, yeah. From a player, yeah. Like, there's no real kind of like edge, so like if you score, like you're not gonna really kill momentum because like there's an hour, <laughs> like it's like no one really has the upper hand after the goal. Like it's all this energy that comes in, and like a lot of people expect the home team to have like this huge advantage after the goal, but both teams have been kind of sitting there for like an hour. It's pretty much anyone's game, but it's um. It's still pretty cool, though. Like, It's a lot better being on the team that scores because sure, yeah. you got to go have fun while the other team sits in the dressing room and waits. But the time limit's still the same. So it's it's a little different that way. So if we did like a mini Rex toss for the Dino for the Father Would you be on board? No? Yes? No? Probably not. I don't know. I, I'd, like, be, I'd be no. good for it. Yes. <laughs> 
I, I'm just imagining like people like at FTB, like a hundred people just trying to throw it over the net. <laughs> yeah. There's like ten Rexes on the. Oh yeah. my god. Um, so shift over to you, Paige. Just kind of going back. You remember the Saskatoon Stars for three years? Yes. Oh, there's another timer thing. <laughs> I just broke my own rule again. Um, so you remember for Saskatoon Stars for three years, you were captain there in your final season. So I guess my first question is, um, what do you remember most about playing in your hometown? Um, well, it was just a lot of fun, I guess. And it was kind of, you kind of feel like a big deal, I guess, playing. Because did you play for the Blazers, Caden, or Contacts? I was actually. No, you were already gone. No, I you was were, gone, yeah. Yeah, you were gone to the dub. Big shot guy over yeah. here. Yeah. Um, Notre, Dame Notre Dame first. Notre Dame, right, right, right. Notre Dame's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, <it> um, is. <laughs> But no, for, for the girls... The Stars is, like, the highest that you can go in Saskatoon, other than the Huskies, obviously. But right. um, so getting to be on that team in my first year, I was like, nice. Like, yes, this is going to be awesome. It's going to create opportunities for me and stuff. And it's since Saskatoon's kind of smaller than Calgary, you get, like, a lot more youth teams coming out to your games and stuff. And we always had, like, a rising star. And just being, like, a role model for female athletes in Saskatoon was it was a lot of fun. And you felt like you were kind of like a big deal I guess in Saskatoon being on the stars um but the most uh, like the most memorable part was my last season because that's we made history by winning provincials like we came first in the league and then one league and then we we actually got a buy through what is it regionals I think because I don't know there was too many teams or not enough teams so then we went straight to SO Cup which was actually in Red Deer and then we managed to actually get bronze so that was like a the historical moment for the stars program and then since then they had a few more SO cup appearances and that kind of thing so it was just really memorable to be like a part of that first team to do that so that was pretty cool and you played with some pretty impressive players mm -hmm. during your time with in Saskatoon as well as a handful of players now playing in Canada West alongside you against opposing teams a couple names that come to mind uh, Danielle Noget, I, I believe, is one. Abby Shirley, mm -hmm. I, I'm forgetting a bunch more. <laughs> but what's it like, kind of seeing a bunch of you know players that you grew up with now that you're competing against them in pretty high end league? Yeah, it's it's always fun. It's always like oh, like my nickname was Mitchie back in the day, so they'll call me there. like after the after the game they'll be like Mitchie, nice, like whatever, good game, like you, like I, we just kind of like bug each other a little bit, but it's always it's. It's like almost comforting to play against people that you know because you're like, I know exactly what you're going to do. I know right. you can score from anywhere, so I'm not going to let you shoot kind of thing. But one of the names, Courtney Cormack, I was pretty close with. She was one of my really good friends on Stars because we're the same age. So she's in her fifth year too, and it's always a lot of fun to play against her. And then there's girls like Delaney that I played against for three years, right? right. And she's on my team now, and right. it's like, it's fun because we like, you f feel like you know everybody that you're playing against from the like uh, SFM, whatever it is, AAHL. Because yeah. you play against them for three years, right? Like Bailey Barassa on the Huskies, a phenomenal player, and like Leah Bolkin. Yeah, annoying to play against. Yeah, <laughs> annoying to play against, right? But it's always fun, and you always want to do well against them. So those games are high compete. But then there's all the girls from the other midget leagues that I really, I don't know. So right. it's just like playing any other game. But it's always fun to like Maddie Apperson and Lethbridge. Like it's fun to play against girls that you know because you feel like I want to do better than you kind of thing like it's always like a rivalry with within 
the province, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I was chatting with one of your former star teammates, Sophie Shirley, mm-hmm. and she had nothing but great things to say about you. Well, Sophie's um, the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just she made it a point saying that you always made her feel welcome in the locker room as as she was one of the younger players. And mm-hmm. um, why? So I just wanted to know from a leadership perspective why that's important for you to be intentional um, in making that transition smooth for the younger players. Well, I think it's just important because I know for like coming to Calgary, it was it's scary to come into a new new environment. So if when you have an older player being kind of take you under their wing and be like, hey, like if you have any questions, like whatever I can do to help you, like literally no dumb questions. Like if you don't know where the tape is, if you need stick wax, anything like (laughs) just let me know. Just like having that one person that kind of like says it's going to be okay. like we're here to help like you have you have whatever 19 sisters on your team, you know, like everybody's looking out for you just to hear that from somebody that's been there kind of calms your nerves. Right. And then it just helps to build that environment of the team. Right. And being comfortable, then you, if you're comfortable with each other, then you'll be comfortable on the ice. And then it just creates like chemistry, I guess. And then you, you just being comfortable makes it more fun and you feel safer to like be yourself kind of thing. Right. And then that just translate directly onto the ice and, it's it's important to create that kind of safe space on a team. At what point did you feel you were able to take that role on with the Dinos? Um, I guess in my second year, kind of. Okay. Second to third year. Third year, I was a rotating A on the team. And, I mean, I've kind of always felt, like, comfortable, I guess. I was kind of accepted immediately. I don't know, just being the kind of person I am, I didn't – I was – I don't know. Yeah, it felt comfortable. Um, so then that just kind of directly led into the path that I've taken with this team. So I, I'd say like third year, I felt that I could step up more and like lead more just having a few years under my belt. Right. You got two girls that are what was it? 99s. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> you're a 99. And then last year with the 2000s, I was like, you yes. like yeah. what? Like I'm only in 97, but, you know, like saying you were born in 2000 like that's weird right you're 10 years younger than me yeah (laughs) Yeah. right so just I guess having a couple of years under my belt kind of made me feel more comfortable to be the person that I am yeah and um I'm curious uh because obviously we failed to mention that you're currently the captain for Mm -hmm. the women's team so captain as a junior then you know as as a dino here but I'm kind of curious who was that mentor for you who took you under their wing when you first started and what kind of what kind of stuck with you w- like from that first player? started with the dinos yeah um I'd say my captain in my first year was Stephanie Zvonkovic and she is just an amazing person like she made me feel comfortable and made like taught me things that she'd be stressed out or whatever. And she'd be like, I'd be like, like, what's wrong? Like we're, we're good friends. We still are. We go for dinner or whatever and hang out a lot. And she'd just say, you'll find out, (laughs) you'll find out later. Once it's your time, you'll, you'll know. Right. So now being in the position that I am, I'm like, I get it. (laughs) I get it. Like you get, you get the stressors of trying to lead a team through adversity, that kind of thing. Like if things internally aren't going well, you know, you, you want to help. Right. I try to model my leadership style after her because she always just had such like a cool, calm, collected kind of thing. Like if we have a bad period and come in between and people are mad at each other and that kind of thing, Steph would always have like, okay, but that was 20 minutes. Like we got 40 minutes to go. Like 
reset. That's over. Let's move on. Don't forget about it, but let's do better. Like just like take a breath, relax. That's the kind of thing that I like to do too. So just like she was a really good role model for me academically as well and on the ice. Yeah. And we have to mention, of course, both on a personal level for you and a team level, you guys are killing it this year. It's probably mm -hmm. your best season as a dyno, yes, I think, safe is. to say. Yeah. Um, currently second in Canada West, ranked 10th in the country. And for your personal side, you have the most points you've ever had in a yeah. season. <laughs> three, three goals, seven ever assists. Ever in my ah. life. Not a big <laughs> deal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious, like, just mentally and Every, everything like that what's been different about this year and why why do you think you guys are having such success like you guys clinched a playoff spot before yeah. the Christmas break yeah basically pretty much I mean I feel like our team just kind of bought in this year like we're sick of losing so, so we're like okay let's just let's do what the coach says like let's let's go out there and like put pucks deep get our forecheck like play with our strengths so we've known we've had a good forecheck for the past three whatever years right and we just haven't been able to capitalize off of it. So I think that being able to get pucks towards the net is has been our goal, and it's like in our in our head. Like it doesn't have to be a perfect play. We just need to get pucks on net and crash the net and put yeah. it in somehow. So building off of our forecheck has just like brought momentum and confidence. So confidence has been a big issue on our team, and I think that we had a good preseason this year. Like in the past years, we've lost to t like ACAC teams, and that right. kind of that kind of like sets the tone a, in yeah. a way yeah yeah so being able to have a successful preseason really brought confidence to a lot of players and I mean we do have an older core this year like with Kelsey and Rachel their year like there's a lot of players kind of in our senior years yeah, Delaney as well, yeah. yeah exactly yeah. Del me me Delaney and Chelsea are the only fifth years yeah. but then we have I think like five fourth years yeah. I don't I don't know yeah. but yeah, this season has just been a lot of fun. And it's also, like, it's hard, like, it's difficult to conceptualize almost because we've had so many losing seasons that it's, like, how do we, how do, how do we handle winning? Right. Kind of forget how to handle right. it. So I feel like our team, we're not comfortable. Yes, we have a clinched a playoff spot, but we want to be able to put ourselves in the position to win Canada West, right? And even to think about that is, like, wow. So we kind of just keep ourselves stable and like it's game to game right we have to keep it real and like game to game shift to shift break it down just worry about your next shift and don't worry about down the road too far because then you'll get lost along the way I guess right but yeah so it's it's been a lot of fun obviously and it's different and it's just been really good yeah there, there's one little quick story that I wanted to share and see if it kind of echoes across the team but I remember I think it was fifth straight win during the 11 games where you had a, a point at least t 10 of those being wins and Rachel after a game just came out of the dressing room and said like holy crap winning feels so good mm -hmm. like is that kind of that kind of goes through the whole team in yeah. that sense? yeah yeah it definitely does like it feels so good and for me it's like okay yeah we're winning I don't know what we want to keep winning yeah, right of course so it's just you feel so much lighter and it's so much happier and like we kind of do a thing where we don't really listen to music after a loss so it's like wow <laughs> we get to yeah. listen to music yeah. and like we have a win song it's timber right like it's yeah. like it's just yeah. it's a lot of fun it's like yeah it just brings us all closer together too so i guess time for some mailbag yeah, questions we, um, we gotta do a quick yeah, yeah mailbag we got about here. five six minutes before we gotta let you go so um 
Do you want to take it away first? Hey, let's start it off. Um, I just want to clarify something, Paige. There's a couple <laughs> stories here um, just around getting sick. There's one that talked about where half the team got the mm, flu. Yeah. But then there's also Scotch another one. story where uh, it was put this way that potentially they your your family had poisoned the team. And oh, my good. God. <laughs> my so mom would be dead right now. <laughs> okay. Are they two separate stories? So, no, it's the same story. Okay. Um, my mom, we host the team post-game meal on Friday night after we play the Huskies because I live like five minutes from the rink. So my mom makes like a million lasagnas and salads and everything. And it's just a lot of the girls are like, that's the best meal that we have the entire season. So we went there after, I think it was in my third year, this this whole plague that hit us. Um, but so we went to my house eight and then the next day girls woke up. I think it was like, we had like 11 skaters the next game and we had Kira Wozlock. She had just, we had, we didn't even know her. She didn't practice with us once. And Kelsey was deathly ill, <laughs> like not good. Like mm, I won't get into the details. Nobody wants to hear about the. <laughs> The details of that but we had like I think five four or five girls in we quarantined them in one room and then Kira Wozlak had her debut Can- Canada West the first shot on net went in and we're all kind of like oh my god here we like what, what's this game gonna be like she stopped like 39 shots after that it was phenomenal and we had 11 skaters but then we're like okay what happened to these girls like we're, we're so sick and then my mom was like if did I make did I make your team sick? But it ended up Bonnie was like, no, there's a flu going around. She's like, it was actually bacteria. Like it wasn't <laughs> anything you guys ate. Was it the it was, I mean, if it was something that we all ate, then we would have all been sick. Right. But there's only a select few. It was like fever and whatever. So it wasn't my mom, and we still did go to my house the next two years. So Good. we managed yeah. to do that. But yeah, it was a pretty ugly game. We, I think we only lost one nothing. So. Props to us. Yeah. We gave ourselves a pat on the back. It was a gross bus ride back <laughs> to it, <laughs> arriving at four in the morning. Yeah, but uh, I have one for you, Caden. Uh, I just want to ask for everyone out there because you know we do a fair bit of research before we bring our guests on. Went through your Twitter hoping to find something or a crappy tweet, <laughs> but your Twitter is squeaky clean. So I'm curious as to how you keep it so under wraps, and if you have any tips for anyone out there. Um, <coughs> honestly, I don't. I don't really use Twitter. I don't like. I don't. Most do of the, the tweets were older, but yeah, you know, there. Yeah. I actually, I had two Twitter accounts. One of them was way older. I don't even know what's on it. I don't even know the name for it. And the second one was. I think I stopped tweeting probably when I was in Seattle. Maybe I don't even know. It might have been. I might have had a few retweets here and yeah. there, but other than that, I don't. I don't think I tweeted much. But even like social media, like I don't think I posted an Instagram picture since the end of my season last year. I don't know. I just... You've, just you've, you've 2,400 followers, though. They're, they're, <laughs> they're waiting for some content. He's dialed in. Yeah. Hey, he's focused. I got nothing to post. <laughs> I don't know what to post, so I just kind of... I figured I, I had a few things and then kind of forgot about them, and then, then the timing was bad, and then I couldn't <laughs> post them. So, no, I... Uh, I'll tell I you, I'll tell you this, Kaden. So... There's definitely something you can't post here. It's about your ping pong. Uh, oh, that's that's 10:45. That's okay. Well, we 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 have okay. like we'll, we'll keep it short, but yeah. Okay. Two more questions. One yeah. one for each, each of you. Yeah. Okay, so for you, Caden. So there's like a ping pong, I guess, 
tournament going on within the room. And right now, you're ranked 26th on the team. Congratulations. <laughs> but it's... <out> 26? <laughs> you're 26 out of 26. So, well, uh, what's whoever cool told you that, explain yourself. Whoever told you that would be lying. <laughs> I am second on the team right now, right behind Gordo. Coda Gordon. I can't, mm. I can't seem to beat him. So I beat him one time out of four. And then I pretty much hope to just challenge him every day. Until I beat him. <laughs> and that's about it. I, I won't move unless I beat him. That's how you get yeah. better, right? That's how I get better, yep. That's how I practice. Okay, and quickly, Paige, for you, um, I needed to ask you this. In the summer, uh, between your third and fourth year, uh, your old teammate, Kate Lumley, wants to know why you decided to keep all your condiments in the closet. What? <laughs> <laughs> I moved that's out. <laughs> that's all Jeremy. Um, like in my room closet? I guess so. Oh. No room in the kitchen, man. Where is I supposed to keep my barbecue So you extend sauce? the pantry or the kitchen, I guess, into your room. Yeah. Life as a student. Where else am I supposed to put it? <laughs> Makes sense. Not in your oh, car. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah. We uh, asked Kate why she left so many bowls in her room. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Well, we do an alumni episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. There, there is one Not last, summer, one last question. I know we got to go, but it's for you, Paige. Mm. And again, thank you guys so much for taking the time. Thanks I know we're stretching, stretching the time <laughs> here. Um, this one coming from one of your forwards here. Mm. Can you just shed a little bit of light on your personal pregame acoustics? So for <laughs> any, anyone who doesn't know, if you tune into a women's <laughs> hockey broadcast before the start of every period, you will hear... Paige. Me? Is, isn't it you yelling yelling your head off? Well, I mean, I yell, but <laughs> I know... Th- are you talking about the prolonged yeah? Yes. <laughs> that would be the lovely Dana Wood. She really? is, is long-winded, <laughs> and it's the best thing ever. I recorded her one time. I think it was like 25 seconds long of a yeah. It was awesome. Like, that girl, she's got some pipes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, yeah. nice job to sewer Dana at the end of the show. So, yeah. <laughs> Get her on here next. She'd yeah. love to do yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys for coming. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Lots of fun. A little separation between them and Alberta. What a game. 76-71 the final. The first loss of the season for the number one team in the country, University of Saskatchewan Huskies. While Calgary got absolutely blown out of the gym in the early going last night, what a comeback. This episode of Dinos Unfiltered is a presentation of Dinos Athletics. Episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and our website, godinos.com. Make sure to check out the website or the Go Dinos app, available on Apple and Android, for schedules and tickets to all of your favorite teams and games. If you can't make it out to the game, remember that our games can be streamed on Canada West TV, presented by Co-op. Thanks to my special guest today, and thanks to you for tuning into the episode. We'll see you for the next one.